Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Welcome to the Brother from Another Experience. And I got to tell you, look, growing up, Vinny Goodwill, I wasn't always excited about having a big family. You know, it was one bathroom. It was five people. There's always a scramble for the bathroom, always a scramble at the dinner table. Scramble for everything. You're not excited about having a big family until you get yourself in trouble. When you get yourself in trouble, you're happy to have a brother down the road like Vinnie Goodwill. You're happy to have somebody say, oh, they said what? Let's go right now. And they get in the car with you <laughs> and they want to start some business. So Vinnie Goodwill, we are happy that you are a part of the family because you're coming through in a pinch. We appreciate you, man. Oh, man, this is always fun. I just didn't, I didn't get the gift basket that was supposed to come to my house or the uh, Metro car uh, that was supposed to pick me up and transport me. So, uh, I'll be awaiting the proper thank you, look, look, uh, Michael Smith. You, you, you treated me, I'm already a middle child hey. in my real family. <laughs> you really treating me like a middle child <laughs> well, here. Hey, listen, if, since you're a middle child in your real family, you know, uh, I'm sure uh, the folks have said some version of this. Hey, wait a minute. Uh, you don't get no special treatment here. There's no amenities. This is not a hotel, you know? <laughs> Or, and then they'll go in, you don't pay any bills around here, just lucky we feed you. You know, on and on. You know how it goes. But I tell you what, we are, we do appreciate uh, your great basketball knowledge, among other things. So let's start with basketball. Mm-hmm. And I was intrigued by your feed when you said, Daryl Morey asked for what? So what are you talking about? What, what gets you so aghast at what Daryl Morey in Philadelphia was asking for? I assume you're talking about Ben Simmons and compensation for the number one option. Somebody's number one option somewhere, Ben Simmons. I don't know if he's anybody's real life number one option, but asking for multiple picks and multiple pick swaps on the Portland Trailblazers, you know what that says? That says, I really don't want to make a trade. Honestly, GMs across the NBA, I've talked to several of them over the past X amount of days and weeks, and they all come away with the same thing. Daryl Moyer is trying to rob you. And look, I got no problem, Michael Holly, with getting the most that you can out of a player who has the potential to be great. But Ben Simmons is severely undervalued right now. The last time we saw him, he was passing up a dunk with Trey Young standing next to him. That's not really the lasting image that I want to have of a franchise player. And unfortunately, we are a people We are a community, especially a basketball community, of the last thing that you did was the most impressive or most depressive thing that you did. Done. That's Ben Simmons. He may be a number one talent, but he doesn't have number one value right now. And he's not coming back there. He sold his house. He's leaving Philadelphia. You've seen videos of people saying, oh, there's a trash can leaving leaving Philadelphia. That's Ben Simmons. He doesn't want to come back, and they don't want him back. So it's time to lower your price, lower your voice, you know, keep your voice down. Don't talk with so much bass right. when you're talking to these other teams. 
get a deal done, whether it's Indiana, whether it's Portland, whether it's Sacramento, at some point someone's going to come to the table with a reasonable offer, and you're going to have to accept it because if you don't, Philadelphia could find themselves in that play-in. You know what, Vinny, I, never, I, I can't believe I've never asked you this question before. Simple question. Have, okay. you, ever, have you ever interviewed Ben Simmons, and, and what was that like? Like what kind of – not, not, not that an interview will tell you everything. It's an interview. It's public, so people will show you sides of themselves that they want you to see and what they, they want you to write about and talk about, and then they can be ratchet behind the scenes. I understand that. We all know that. But you can get – a little bit. You can get maybe 20% of the person based on your conversations. You ever had any conversations with him, and what were those like? More or less in, like, the interview scrums back when we could go into locker rooms and everything else. And you don't glean too much from him. He doesn't speak with authority. He doesn't speak, you know, loudly or anything like that. That's, that doesn't mean anything negative about him, but you don't get a level of assertiveness from him and authority in which he speaks. And when you talk about some of the things that the Philadelphia 76ers did to empower him, I think there's a fine line in any walk of life, especially in athletics, there's a fine line between empowering someone and enabling someone. And it seems like in the attempt to empower him, they might have enabled him. And, and this was not the greatest setup for him to be assertive, right? You got Jimmy Butler in the locker room. He's going to take up oxygen. You got Joel Embiid there. He's the process. He nicknamed an entire process. No, no, no. That's me. So for him to want to go to a place where he can stretch out, where he can have some runway, I completely understand not wanting winning necessarily to be the first priority. He has to figure out who he is as a ball player first find his own voice like we naturally assume I think we naturally assume that guys because they're professionals because they make millions of dollars because they may be the first pick that they have a strong sense of identity they have a strong sense of self I don't know that Ben Simmons has a strong sense of self because he might not have been placed in positions where he had to answer those questions go through some serious self-reflection and have some accountability on the back end of that. I think that's why he's looking at, hey, let me try to go somewhere else. And at the same time, hey, where's my money? <laughs> where's my money? I tell you, I tell you, Benny, the reason I asked you that question, bro, it's like he hasn't said anything for himself. And I like I like the Ben Simmons story, you're absolutely right. Ben Simmons story is always somebody else. Somebody else is speaking for him. Somebody else is standing in the way. No, 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 Ben, I'll take this. No, you guys are criticizing Ben. Ben does a great job. He's a great defensive player. No, no, leave Ben alone. He's always had somebody standing in the gap for him. But now I think it's totally backfiring, not in, ter in terms of the trade, but in terms of the perception around the league and in his former locker room, because now these guys sitting here, they're probably looking at their phone saying, he said, what? Oh, word? Oh, he, oh, he don't want to play with me, Joel and me. Oh, he don't want to play with me. Oh, he thinks that we haven't done him well. You know, oh, oh I'm in the way. And so I'm, I'm wondering, on one hand, I want him to come out and speak for himself. But if he's not going to do that, if he says, I got people to do that, I pay people to do that for me, clutch sports, Rich Paul, I got to say, Clutch Sports is doing a horrible job telling the story of Ben Simmons. Yo, I know, isn't that part of the whole Spring Hill? I know that, that they're all buddies, they're all connected. It's part of the whole Spring Hill Entertainment. 
Y'all are supposed to be able to tell stories, compelling stories. Now you're telling stories unintentionally, making your mans the bad guy. You've turned Ben Simmons into a villain in places where he was never a villain before. I think it's a role of an agency to do what your client wants. Like, we make this assumption because Clutch Sports has become like a luxury brand, right? It's almost like a watch brand or something. It's like Nike or something like that, where if you become part of that, yeah. it's, one, it's one way. No, 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 no. You want it to be one way, but it's the other way, right? And wasn't that a great line from The Wire? You want it to be one way, but it's the other way? No, no, no. Clutch Wire, Sports works great show, by the for way. great Marlon show. Marlon Humphrey, great show. Clutch anyway, Sports works we'll for later. Ben Simmons. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Clutch Sports works for Ben Simmons, not the other way around. So perhaps Ben Simmons instructed Rich Paul and Clutch Sports to do something to get a desired result. And for whatever reason, now the Philadelphia 76ers are pushing back and creating their own narrative. It's already a shouting contest. You already got Joel Embiid saying what he said. You had Doc Rivers coming out and saying the things that he said. The bottom line of it is this, regardless of narrative, because I, I don't disagree with you on the premise of narrative being important, but narrative does not drive his trade value. The only thing that drives Ben Simmons' trade value is the league-wide perception of him. And what that league-wide perception of him is, is things that we as the media, we're finding out now that people don't perceive him as a worker, that people perceive him as being Hollywood. We're finding that out now from the standpoint of other GMs who are saying, look, I would like to have a guy like Ben Simmons on my team, but these other blind, you know what I'm saying, these other blind spots are there that I can't overlook. I cannot afford to overlook it. And on the other side, you got Daryl Morey, who probably hates the ground that Rich Paul walks on. So he's going to play hardball, <laughs> especially especially in player empowerment, right? Think about this is, they almost right. say player empowerment backfiring, but how many times, whether it was, you know, James Harden or Player X, and they say, you know what, I'm not going to show up, and I want you to trade me. We never saw a team withhold paychecks. We never saw a team say, you know, you're due 25% of your salary and we're not going to pay you. That does not go along with the player empowerment narrative. And Ben Simmons happens to be caught in this spot where they don't want him there. He doesn't want to be there, but they can't come with a, a solution that is equitable for both parties. And the reason for that is Daryl Morey is always the guy that's trying to feast on your famine. And except now, mm. he's the guy in famine. He can't fathom being someone who's going to take 25 cents on a dollar. He can't fathom being in this place where he's going to give up an asset at a, at a depreciated uh, cost. He can't get that through his thick skull. And I'm not saying that I wouldn't feel the same way, but at some point, you got to cut costs. And you got to cut bait because you're going well, to waste your season with this. Well, it's funny that you say that because uh, as I pivot to the next topic, really, that's, at, that's one of the foundational points of what I'm going to bring up. You said cut cost, cut cost or accrue cost, and you said your season will be at risk. Yeah, your season, half of your season at least, is at risk. And of course, we're talking about the one and only Kyrie Irving. So Kyrie Irving, and we both, yeah, you got the Kyrie package. I say, is Brooklyn a shot, you know, a shot or two away from a title? It really comes down to that. You like that, huh? You like that. Aha. Uh, Kyrie Irving. I got you. I got you. Aha. Aha. Waiter, waiter, taste the soup. 
Taste the soup. <laughs> uh, anyway, look, man, Kyrie Irving, the character, the character that we know doesn't mm-hmm. do it. And if the character does it, that is where the novel comes to an end because this character has had a breakthrough, sees the world in a different way. See you later. You thought I was this, but no, no, I'm somebody else. The Kyrie Irving I know and you know, perception-wise, is not taking that vaccine. So what happens to the Brooklyn Nets this season? What happens to Kyrie Irving this season if he continues to be the last holdout on the block? I don't know what happens, but I know who I'm going to go to for the answer. I'm going to go to number seven. I'm going to go to the best player in the world. I know you don't believe he's the best player in the world. I know you have some, you know, grandiose belief that, you know, 49-year-old LeBron James is still the best player in the world and everything else. You know, How'd that's fine. How'd you say he is? How'd you say? Like 49. You say? He's, like, he's, like, he's, he's okay. like a step away from 50. You know, he's, he's older than Tom Brady as far as, I, as, far as I, can, I can see, right? But, no, the problem here is, Kyrie doesn't have the most juice, but he does have the most juice because he has Kevin Durant. As long as he has Kevin Durant, as long as Kevin Durant is in his corner. And I'm not saying that Kevin Durant will always be in his corner, but he's still in his corner right now. You're missing an exhibition game. You're missing the preseason game. You're missing practices, right? Nobody wants to go to training camp. Nobody wants to deal with all that stuff anyway. As far as we know, Kyrie Irving, for all of his warts, keeps himself in pretty good basketball shape, right? You don't really see any concerns about him on the floor aside from being healthy, about staying healthy, but that's not a basketball shape issue for the most part. Kyrie Irving, for whatever reason, whether it's in the stars or the universe or whatever it is, Michael Holly, that boy does not want to take the shot. This grown man does not want to Mm. take the jab for whatever reason he does not want to. And I believe that he's probably expressed this to his teammates, and his teammates has the support right now because it doesn't cost you anything. If he's not going to be available for 48 games, and not just 48 games, but we're talking about practices, we're talking about team-building exercises, because for unvaccinated players, in a regular sense, it's so punitive from the NBA standpoint. It's punitive for unvaccinated players to be around team, to be able to bond with your teammates, let alone – the standards, practices, and procedures of New York freaking city. You know what I mean? Like, this is the worst yeah. thing. And when we're talking about playoff, think about it. We were just talking about player empowerment, right? We never believed that, A, a pandemic would ever happen that would cause all of these things. Nobody could ever see this actually coming, that real life would affect athletics in such a way that even the fiber of the very being of availability will come into play, right? This is something that Steve Nash and Sean Marks were not equipped for. When you have players leading the franchise, there's a certain level of ownership, there's a certain level of equity. You want that, right? But what happens when it's time for someone to be in charge? What, time, what happens when it's time for someone whose name is at the top of the masthead to actually be the person who has to direct and lead a franchise and have hard conversations? If you're going to have hard conversations with Kyrie Irving, he's not going to listen, then the next person you have to have a hard conversation with is Kevin Durant. Kevin, can we win like this? Can we continue to play one game on, one game off? He's not here. He is. And employing two different game plans and everything else because Kyrie Irving refuses to, by his own choice, by his own merit, it's a choice, chooses not to take the vaccine and the consequences that come behind it. And if Kevin Durant at 34 years old, think about it, he's not 27 anymore. If Kevin Durant wants to accumulate winning championships and reclaim his time as the best player in the game, he can't afford to waste this year. 
And if Kyrie Irving right. doesn't get that, then maybe Kevin Durant's going to have to make a hard decision with the Brooklyn Nets and say, you know what? Did you order the code red? And you, you know what Colonel Jessup said at the end of, did you order the code red? Colonel Jessup cracked. I remember what he said. He said, <laughs> you're damn right. I, hey, you're damn right. I that's did. That's right. Yep. You're damn so right. And, 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 and Kevin Durant might order that code red. Well, look, you said if Kyrie doesn't do it on his own, you got Kevin Durant. And if Kevin Durant can't get there, maybe this guy who spoke about Kyrie Irving, maybe this guy can get a word through. I want him to be on the team, of course. Our, our, he's, he's been a huge part of, um, since I've been here, a huge part of you know our success, the success that we did have last year. And we kind of was finding a rhythm to whereas, you know, uh, that chemistry that we built, you know, especially I, I can remember last year, that one road trip we had, we were just, you know, me and Kyrie. And he's just a special talent that you don't really see often. Um, so, of course, you know, I would want him to be on the team. And, um, you know, he's one of the reasons why I came here. He's one of the reasons why I came here. Look, the, 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 the comments from Harden are spot on. And you kind of miss, when you talk about Kyrie, I know his fans, he's a polarizing guy, Vinny. But those numbers, those numbers are insane. Look at the field goal percentage. We're not talking about an old school 1985 big man shooting 50% from the field. You know, go down low over Lane Beer and Jack Sigma and Moses Malone and kind of put it in. We're talking about a guy who does, who's a great finisher, but is a is a shooter, is a perimeter player, 40% from three-point range, 92% from the line. And he's a, he's a baller. Guy's a great player, but... I don't care if you have Steve Nash. I don't care if you have Kevin Durant, James Harden, uh, Dred Irving, his father. I don't, I don't care. This is the kind of guy, and, and, and Benny, we all know people like this. The more you say, come on, man, like, like, come on, let's do this. The more you appeal to them, the more it's kind of off-putting. Like, they feel like, hey, hey why, why are you sweating me? Why are you pushing up on me like this? So you can give him a lot of information and you can give him a logical reason why it makes a lot of sense for him to get the shot and help Brooklyn win a championship. But I think what is, it, this is what you got to do. You got to leave him alone. You got to leave him alone and hope that just one day he decides just very casually, hey, I, I got the shot. Anyway, look, Vinny, we got a lot to talk about, man. I know uh, you grew up in Detroit. Uh, you kind of turned your back on the Detroit Lions. And now I you're did. feeling one of their rivals, the Green Bay Packers. Guess what? We got the running game of the Green Bay Packers. That's an exaggeration, but still, we got to run it back. Aaron Jones, go check in with brother from another. That's on the other side. We'll talk with Aaron Jones. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Receiver in motion. There's the jet sweep snap and a pass. And it goes off on the pass to Aaron Jones, who went right in front of Rodgers, and the gun caught it, drove to the far sideline. He's in for the four-yard touchdown. Gets the snap, takes the handoff, rolls to the far side, throws a pass, it's caught on the hip, and across the goal line on the far side, inside the pylon. That's a touchdown, the running back, Aaron Jones. Four-man rush, there's the snap. Here's Rodgers, short pass, caught by Jones, 10, far side, five, angling to the pylon. He'll run in, touchdown! Aaron Rodgers has just thrown his fourth touchdown pass tonight. Third to the running back, Aaron Jones. Gets the shotgun snap, hands off to Jones, takes through the rain and the slick grass, and dives for a touchdown over the left guard. His fourth touchdown tonight. All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, you look at that, uh, Vinny, you look at that and you say, oh, is that from different games? Is that the season highlight from Aaron Jones? It was all the same game, man. <laughs> to have a game like that is incredible. And Aaron Jones, I don't know if you know, Vinny Goodwill is a proud Detroiter. I mean, straight up Detroit. So, uh, you know, he, you kind of, you know, put, put Detroit away in that game. He turned his back on Detroit years ago. It's a long story. It's complicated, but... Look, man, I'm so happy that you're on the show. And tell me this. Uh, let, let's start off this way, Aaron. You know, I looked at your, I was looking at your, some of your college stats at UTEP, and I said, I'd see, hey, Aaron Jones rushed for 200-plus yards in this game. And I think in your final college game, you ran for like 300-something yards. I was yes, like, sir. this is crazy. So uh, what was it like? You, you do that at college. But, you know, you, uh, you know, talented people can do that in college. But you essentially did something equivalent in the pros. What was that transition like for you coming from college to the pros and just being uh, uh, somebody who can impact the game like that? Uh, definitely. It was a transition that took a little time. Uh, I feel like I came in and I was a little successful in the run game. But, you know, as a running back, you got to be able to do multiple things, not just be able to run the ball. So, um over time and just can continue to put in that work, I, I, uh, I got to where I want to be, but I'm still not where I want to be, if that makes sense. Where do you want to be? At the top. At the top. <laughs> and what, do you think, what do you think it takes to get there? Uh, what do you think it takes to get there? Continue to be consistent um, day in, day out. Continue to put in the hard work uh, as – our big dog would say, uh, Mercedes Lewis, um, chase the crumbs, don't chase the big meal, chase the crumbs, stay humble, um, and just work every day. My, my question, Aaron, is 
you know, there's been a lot of running backs that come through Green Bay that have to that had to play with Aaron Rodgers through the years. What's that trust process been like to earn his trust? Because he seems to have a very high standard for his teammates. You can see it on his face sometimes, good and a bad way. When you guys make plays, you know, he shows it. If some, if someone disappoints him, he shows it. What has that earning his trust and being sort of in that closed circle? What is that? What has that been like for you throughout your career? Uh, it's been cool, you know, just uh, building that relationship with him. It, it takes time, but it all it all comes in practice. Uh, like they say, practice makes perfect. It all starts in, in practice. That's where that trust is gained and built. That and um, he's, he trusts you out there. He'll trust you. He trusts you in the game, and so. Uh, you you continue to make plays, he'll he'll, he'll start to trust you, and um, like I said, continue to remain consistent, and that's that's another thing to it, and you'll be good. You know, I, I was thinking about this, uh, Aaron, from the beginning of the season. You know, the the conversation has totally changed. You guys had that first game against New Orleans. Everybody's thinking, oh wow, what is going on with the Packers? Uh, they're not ready to start the season. You put guys put three points up uh, up against the New Orleans Saints. Now the conversation is completely different. What has the process been like? I know we're only four games into the season, but what has that process been like from game one to where you are right now? What 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 did that entail? Just like that that whole just tell, take us through that development and that process. Uh, definitely, you know, just blocking out the noise. We know what kind of team we have. Uh, just didn't come out to play week one. We we know we have a good team, but just because we have a good team doesn't mean other teams are going to lay down. We got to come out there and play football. Uh, so we just went back to being ourselves, uh, coming out, starting fast and being physical. And I, I think that's helped us a lot. Your, your coach, Matt LaFleur, Aaron, came out after week one and he was like, this is an embarrassment. And he was really heavy handed in the criticism. Aaron Rodgers was basically like, no, it's a bad game. You know, what was the tone of the locker room? Was it, hey, we're embarrassed, we need to come back and play a little angrier? Or was it, hey, it's just one game, it's the start of the season, we're going to build this thing up? What, what side of the fence did you sit on from that? Uh, I think most of us sat on the more the angry, disappointed in ourselves side, um, just ready to get back out there um, and play the next game so we can get that ugly taste out of our mouths. Um, because we we know we know what we're capable of, and we know that wasn't us. So, um, you know, if if you're happy with yourselves with that, then you gotta look, go look and look go look at yourself in the mirror. Man, and playing yeah, against Aaron, the Lions I, I helps too. <laughs> you're, looking, looking, you're, you're so bitter. You're bitter, man. You're still bitter. Hey, Aaron, I love your story, man. I'm just looking at uh, looking at your background, and I know if anybody knows about keeping it moving, it's you. Uh, you've lived all over the world with both your parents uh, being in the military. And I can imagine there's some things like that. You know, you make some friends and then, hey, it's time to go somewhere else. I'm wondering, though, what the uh, I know I froze out there for a second. But uh, what I was going to say is I, I'm sure there's some parts of, of about being a, a part of a military family. That you say, ah, oh, man, and that's too bad. Well, what are some of the cool things about being a part uh, of a military family? That folks don't talk about some of the cool things uh you know just getting to experience different cultures moving around uh you get to move to different places uh i made so many different uh lifelong friends around the world uh 
you learn discipline, respect, accountability, uh, the little things in life that'll take you far. Uh, at the time, you don't know, you don't know those things, but as you get older, become an adult, you, you know, you like, you understand the reason that your parents were teaching you those little small things. Hey, does that make does that make the transition to Green Bay and and being in like a smaller town where it's basically only the Packers and nothing else? Does that make the importance of wanting to make that a home, you know, because you moved around so much, or are you just used to what people may call the NFL mentality? You may be here today, you may be going somewhere else tomorrow. So I'm just curious, what side of the fence you sit on from the standpoint of like stability? Stability, uh, I know, I know this uh, this league is a business. Um, but at the same time, I, I trust in myself and believe in myself and my ability. Um, so this is, I, I do have a uh, – well, I rent here, but um, I do keep a place here around here um, that I call my, my home. Um, you know, it's – like I said, it's a business, but as long as you're handling business, you should be straight. You know, tell me about this. You know, you mentioned home – and I know how uh, important your family is to you. I thought for a second that you'd bring your twin brother on and we could all kick it. You know, we could have a four box and, and have uh, uh. Alvin here too. <laughs> He's always invited. But next time you come back, bring him too. It's cool. But what's okay, it like? Now, now I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Nobody told you. Nobody gave you the memo. Um, <laughs> but what's it like uh, fatherhood? What's fatherhood like for you? I see this, uh, this, this light come on in you. I've seen some videos with you and your son. What's that like? Uh, it's a it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, a little mini me running around. I get to teach him everything, and he's so like. No matter if you have a bad day at work, you have a good day at work. He doesn't know that you. He comes. You come home, and he's just ready to play with dad. He's happy to see you. So, um, and I had somebody tell me this: whether you score four touchdowns or you score zero, or he'll have a bad game, you still gonna have to go home and change those diapers, but. I look at I look at it as I get to go home and see my man, my little man smiling and uh, just enjoy him and he's he's already a little athlete so it's fun it's fun to me. So his his first word was clearly daddy, right? Dad, dad, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. We always take. And, and my final question for you on the way out, uh, Aaron. I know you got to get going, but final question is uh, going back to the going back to the beginning when you said. You want to get to the top. You're not where you want to be getting to the top. What does that look like for you? Like when you were growing up, was there a player you looked at and said, I want to get to where he is? Uh, or or is it just not necessarily a player, just a feeling? Uh, for Give sure. Uh, my, my favorite running back growing up uh, was Emmitt Smith. Uh, but I've had a, a lot of other running backs to lie, like looked at and try to um, model my game after. Uh, but I, I think the epitome of it is the gold jacket at the at the end of your career. If you get one of those, it, it, some some of those are like you know those are the greatest some of the greatest players to ever play this game. So uh, I feel like if you if you get one of those, I'll be right there in that company. Gold jacket, I like it. I like it. Aaron Jones, thank you so much for stopping by. Always open. Like Benny knows that. Benny's Benny's got a key. You know, you we'll, we'll leave a key out for you too. Just just swoop on through, man. You in the area? Yes, sir. Stop on by and uh, spend time with us. We appreciate, appreciate it. You, man. Thank you, thank you. 
And good luck. Good luck to you the rest of this season. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. Y'all have a good day. Beat the Lions again. You too. <laughs> Will do. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. All right, guys. Uh, first of all, great team win. Tough, hard-earned. A lot of ub, uh, ebbs and flows throughout the course of that game. Somebody taller than me was in here before this. I just thought there was so many good things that I could point out, and then there's going to be so many things that we can take a deep breath, digest this, and really improve on because uh, it's a great football team. Really was impressed with what Geno Smith was able to do coming in there and uh, you know, being able to move the ball a little bit, sustain some drives. But, hey, a lot of, lot of good things. We'll, we'll take the team win. You know, I continue to be impressed with just the resolve, the resilience, and the, and the cool, calm, collected, com- collected competitor that Matthew Stafford is in crunch time. All right. So, Sean McVay, head coach of the 4-1 and one now, the 4-1 and one LA Rams, and the highlighters, also known as the Seattle Seahawks. Not feeling it, Vinny. Not feeling the uniforms last night. Just not, not really. No. Nah, I nah. like them a little bit. Yeah, so they are now two and three in a tough division. Mm-hmm. But even worse than that, mm, I kind of buried the lead, Vinny Goodwill. Uh, Russell Wilson left the game. He has a, in the words of Pete Carroll, he has a badly sprained finger. He could not throw the football. He had to leave the game. He was doing pretty well. One interception he threw was tipped. So he was playing well. Uh, thrown th- uh, Threw a touchdown too. He, had, he left the game. Geno Smith comes in. Uh, he got him close. Then he took him away. And so the Seattle Seahawks are two and three. And you want to say some nice things, I guess, about Matthew Stafford. Who does? Who wants to say nice things about Matthew you. Stafford? Why would I, well, okay, why would I saying, want to do that? Why would I want to do that? I just said Absolutely y'all said. Yeah, yeah, in your feed, you said y'all saw Stafford, right? So I don't know if that was good or bad or what no you got the full Matthew Stafford experience last night you got the thing that Lions fans which I am not one of but or Lions observers have been watching for well (laughs) over you know well over a decade right 
You see a couple of brilliant throws, like the throw to, uh, to Deshaun Jackson that flipped the field and, and really got them going. Like, man, look at that arm and everything else, right? Then you saw the interception in the back of the end zone where he was trying to get a little too cute and threw it to his former teammate, Quandre Diggs, right? That's the Matthew Stafford experience. Everybody for the first handful of weeks has basically been looking at Matthew Stafford. Oh, what a, what a widow. The Lions have done him so wrong all these years. It's their fault, not his. Look at what he's, where he's at now with Sean McVay and all these weapons and everything else, even as the person who's talking has Cooper Cup on his fantasy team. Thanks, guys. Okay, all right. I, oh, no, no. Oh, oh, no, I know fool. But I will also say that the full <laughs> Matthew Stafford experience is a mixed bag. He is the least scrutinized number one pick from a quarterback standpoint that I've ever seen. Has not won a playoff game, has not lifted a franchise. He's now able to go to the Rams, and you're not expecting him to be Michael Jackson in the Jackson 5. You just want him to be Jermaine. You know what I mean? They don't even really have a Michael. Maybe they do, but it's not really Matthew Stafford, so we can slow down with the flowers and everything else because they're not asking him to do much. And when he tries to do too much, you see what he does, throws a pick in the back of the end zone. If Seattle was a better team, a better defensive unit, that game would have been a lot different, to be perfectly honest. That Seattle defense is trash. Bad. This ain't the Legion yeah, of Boom anymore. So, so so let's not let's that, not no. let's not be holy, Michael Holly. Let's not be holy yeah. with Matthew Stafford in these numbers. Let's not do that. Okay, well, look, look, I'm, I'm, I'm generally with you. That, that's, you just pretty much made my Matthew Stafford argument. That's what I've been saying about Matthew Stafford the entire time. And you actually, not only were you fair, you were kind of nice to him. Because I, I kind of usually get down and dirty when talking about Matthew Stafford. But is it fair, though? Is it fair? You left the, what year did you leave the Detroit Lions? I left July 27, 1999. And that was the day the, when? The day that Barry Sanders quit, I quit the Lions. And I have endured okay. no misery as a football fan since then. And, and proud for it. Okay. All right. Uh, on July 27, 1999, uh, Matthew Stafford couldn't say Detroit, couldn't think Detroit. Uh, it, Detroit wasn't even on his mind. Lions, he ain't no Lions history. Don't talk to him about Night Train Lane. Don't talk to him about nothing. Billy Sims, nothing. He doesn't know anything about Detroit. So are you really going to put his flaws on him? Some of them, he deserves some of them. But isn't it like an organizational failure more than a Matthew Stafford failure? Of course, he could lift the Lions. Who has? Tell me the person who has lifted the Lions, and I'll give you 30 seconds. Go ahead. I'll wait. Be Barry Sanders lifted the Lions. That's okay, who lifted the Lions. A Hall of Fame. Okay. You asked, the, you, you asked the question. Don't ask questions right. that you don't want to know the answer to. You, you've been in relationships before. He don't ask questions that you don't want to know the answer to, especially okay. if I got answers. Barry Sanders. So that's what yes. it takes. It takes yes. either Barry Sanders or Calvin Johnson, maybe. Yes. Calvin Johnson do it. If he, Calvin Johnson he, did it, Matthew Stafford He's close did enough. It. No, Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford and Calvin Johnson are not in the same caliber of their respective positions. Calvin Johnson is arguably a top five, arguably top five receiver, most certainly the defining receiver of his time. Matthew Stafford is just a guy, all right? He's a guy with a hell of an arm, right? We fall in love with guys with great arms. Jeff George, right? Remember Jeff George? We fell in love with Jeff oh, George because he had a great arm, and everything else fell by the wayside. 
Matthew Stafford, I believe, is a, is a step above serviceable quarterback. Jared Goff was serviceable. Matthew Stafford is better. The decision-making has not come back to haunt him yet. It can, it might, as long as he realizes that, hey, you know what? I got Robert Woods, I got Cooper Cup, I got Higby, I got all these different weapons. All I got to do is not mess this up. I think they will actually be fine. But the second that Matthew Stafford starts to believe his press clippings, that's where it's going to be a problem. I don't blame, like in Detroit, there's this, either are you on Matthew Stafford's side or you're on the Lions' side. I'm team neither. I think side. they I think they deserved right. each other. You know what I mean? They, Matthew Stafford wasn't a victim of the Lions. The Lions weren't a victim of Matthew Stafford. They were equally mediocre, which is why the relationship lasted as long as it did. And hopefully, both sides will be better for the divorce than they were for actually being together. You know what, man? You know what, what really just tripped me out was when Calvin Johnson went back to be honored by the Lions. Good thing, Lions. Go ahead. You got a new general manager, Brad Holmes. Got a brother in the top spot. We got it. Okay, I like it. They bring him back to honor him. They mm -hmm. go to the field, mm -hmm. and the owner starts talking at a ceremony to honor Calvin Johnson, and she can't even finish her words because she is drowned out by these Lions fans. Like, Vinny, I am not a Lions fan, but if you say... Tell me a team in the NFL that you just want to just give a Super Bowl to. Like, you want to just hand a Super Bowl to their fan base. I'm going to go Cleveland 1 just because, you know. I'm going to go Cleveland 1. I'm going to go Detroit 2. I mean, oh. Why? It's just, it's heartbreaking. Why? It's Why? Because the fans have had to put up. The fans can't, they can't do anything about that Ford family. They can't move them out. What are you gonna do? You know, no, 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 no. I'm not gonna let you. I'm not gonna let you ride on this. Michael Holly, do you have sisters? Okay, let's go. Let's go. Do you have sisters? Yes, I do. My big sister. Okay. Yes. Uh, okay. Michelle. If you, I so do. I. I have an older sister whose birthday was last week. If ever my sister was in a bad relationship, a toxic relationship, do I tell her to stick it out? Do I tell her, you know what, you stay, you stay consistent long enough? He'll turn around. He'll act right. Well, do you tell her to leave his ass? I tell my <laughs> sister to leave. Leave toxic relationships. Out, the Lions are in a toxic relationship with the Ford family for years and decades. My dad is in a toxic relationship with the Lions, which is why I quit them. I'm not going to go through 60 years of having my Sundays taken away from me for a few measly Sundays. You know what that's like? That's almost like a deadbeat dad. Yo, the deadbeat dad that says, you know what? I'm going to show up. I'm going to take it to the park. We're going to go to Cedar Point this weekend. And every weekend, you standing, by, you standing by the window. You standing by the door waiting on that car to show up. That never come. How come he don't want me, man? The Lions, the Lions don't want success. So why should the fans keep investing in it? No, I don't feel bad for them. They do it because it's a ritual. There's other places to invest your money. There are Michigan, Michigan State. Where? This is a... No, it ain't the same. It ain't the what same. What you mean it's not the same? You want pro football. Out Michigan, of Michigan, you really want to, you walk right into that one. You really want to put your faith in Michigan, especially when they play Ohio State? No, but the point is, I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not here to bash Michigan. Kinda, what I'm that, saying is. That was, that was, yeah, that was, that was, that was ill-timed. Yep. College football is nothing like pro football. Different, different ball game is different. So if you want that speed, you want that pace, you want, 
You want to watch Sunday at one. There's something magical Sunday at one on the East Coast, Sunday at noon, Central Time, whatever it is. That your, your football team Find playing another in the National team. Football League. Find another what team. What are you supposed to do? Man. Who got root for? The Bears? Packers? I root for the Packers. I got no problem saying that I'm a Packers fan as long as Aaron Rodgers is there. No, why, why would you invest in another toxic relationship in a different zip code? That's that, that's even well, worse. That's right. Look, I would say this. Short of, and these things never work. I know uh, a few years ago, you remember this? When the Orioles, the Baltimore Orioles, they just got so tired they had a fan boycott. Yes. And, and they just didn't, and, no, and nobody went to the Orioles game. And, you know, they only had, if people hadn't been boycotting, it would have had like 6,000 people in the stands anyway, six or 7,000. But in that case, they decided, we're just sick of it. They didn't go. It looked good. I remember it. But what did it change? They still suck. They lost like 100 and whatever games this year, again. They've been bad forever. And so I don't think the fans really have any power, Vinny. And it's yes, not their do. fault. It's an accident yes, of do. birth. You just happen to be born in Michigan. No, no, I love being born in Michigan. I have no pro- I am a Detroiter through and through, okay? Like, I have no problem claiming my hometown. Like, you're, you're Ohio. That's, a, that's something to be ashamed of. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't walk around claiming <laughs> Ohio, right? But 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 but, but let let me. I'm gonna bring you to like a seminal moment of of me and my Lions observations. Okay, All there right. was a sun. There was a Sunday afternoon game. The Lions were, I think, they were six and two. And remember, Big Sean Rogers, the defensive tackle, oh, yeah. who had who D-line, had the light yep. feet and everything else. They were playing the Broncos. And he returned some fumble or some interception, like 93 yards. And everybody was like, the Lions are 7-2. and two. They're back or 6-2 and two or whatever it was, right? Michael Holly, r- riddle me this. Riddle me this. How many games did the Lions win over the next season and a half after they went 6-2? and two? Next season and a half. Next, what's that, 16 games, 22 games? Riddle me how many games they won over the next 22 Zero. games. No, they won one. They went one and seven to finish that season, and they went 0-16 the next. Why? Because the Lions don't deserve prosperity. That's why. The Lions tried to take Barry Sanders back for his money. They took Calvin Johnson back for his money. When you see employers take employees for money because they say, you know what, I've had enough, that's why the fans shouldn't come back. That's why the fans booed uh, the Ford family. That's why if I was there, yeah. I would have booed to it have been Showtime at the Apollo like it was 1988, buddy. They deserved every one All of right, them well, booze, and I will never encourage Lions fans to subject themselves to misery. How dare you? Well, I will tell you this. If, if you're really about it, though, if everybody in Detroit's about it, this is what you do. You get somebody who really loves Detroit, okay? And there are a lot of people, and it is a great city. I, lo- I love Detroit. I really do. I know people make fun of Detroit. I know you don't, but... I'm I make fun about, of Detroit, but I love yeah. it. No, 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 I'm realistic. I can yeah, make yeah, fun of it. Yeah, you are allowed to. It. You are allowed to. People, but there are people who have made fun of it and have never been there, don't know the history and, and, and some of the beautiful things that, that happened there. But I'm going to say it's, it's either somebody from Detroit, somebody from Michigan, or somebody from outside the community who loves it. Go in, buy them out. Support, support a buyout of the Ford family. Just overwhelm. Make them an offer that they can't refuse. And because you know what it's going to be now in this game, in this NFL game, before you tell me I'm crazy, I'm going to say this. This is, all, this is like the ultimate. I know some millennials are out there. The millennials know what I'm talking about. This is the ultimate 
boomer story, okay? Some of these NFL owners, some of the old school NFL owners, they mm-hmm. they they got in, they bought their franchise for a dime. I mean, really, like, you know, you get a whole franchise, you bought the thing for like five hundred dollars, and now it's worth a billion or three billion, and they're holding on to it. They ain't worried about the next generation. They holding on to it. Look what I did. Look what I built. Yeah, you got lucky. You got lucky, and so you have a great asset. So it's worth a lot of money, but now you need somebody, somebody younger and uh, hungrier and more savvy to come in and say, all right, I'm going to overpay just to save my city and, and, and save my state. I'm going to overpay. I'm going to offer you three and a half billion dollars. See you later, Fords. Get on out of here because you had a lot of time and you did nothing when you were on the, When you had the platform, you did nothing. What do you think? So you, Is it possible? So you, so you telling me, so you're asking me as a sidebar of this, that if the Lions are sold yep. and bought by someone else, would I return, would I entertain coming back to the Lions? Yes. Would you? Ooh. Nah, it's too, Ooh, too, much, too hurtful. <laughs> too hurtful. Too hurtful. Some relationships you just can't come back to. Sometimes you can't. I, I won't root against them. Yeah. I don't root against them now. I just don't root for them. If I want them to win, I want them to win for my dad, who's had to endure 60-plus years. But at the same time, me and my mom laugh at my dad every Sunday, and I don't want to lose that bond with her. Sorry. <laughs> I, don't want to lose, I don't want to lose the bond laughing at dad. Speaking of relationships, now you started to mention it. It's also in your feed. It's in mine, too. I say the Seahawks without their cook. You say Russell and his finger. Um, look. Is it, is I saw it that finger. That, that ain't no sprain. Yeah. <laughs> That's bad. That's bad. That's, that's a broken a dislocation. finger, right? That's a broken... That's, that's, that's something. It, yeah, that's just broken. That's nasty. Mangle. Uh, ooh, not good. Because this is a man... I don't know what the number is. I, I'm guessing off the top of the dome. It's, I think it's 149. I think it's 149 mm. straight starts for mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. It's the longest active streak in the league, and so you know, toughness is not an issue, Vinny. Nobody right. says, hey, Russell Wilson right. can't take it. It's, it's, it's not a sprain. I'm going to play a doctor on TV just for a second. If that thing were sprained, he would have played the game. He would have played. He would have continued. Couldn't. It's broken. But beyond that, I'm wondering, you mentioned the defense earlier. Is it possible that Russell Wilson made some noise in the offseason about his contract and other things about having some control Ooh, nasty uh, having some control in Seattle is it possible that maybe he just wants it's not even the money and it's not control maybe he wants a fresh start is, well, is that yeah, you know defense is bad yep Pete Carroll is Pete Carroll is not really going to change they got they, they're in play you no know, got John Schneider there's a GM Pete Carroll they got that thing going Defense is a mess. Other quarterbacks, hey, Tom Brady left. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady left after 20 years. Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers tried to leave after mm-hmm. 16, 17 years, whatever it is. Maybe Russell Wilson said, okay, this is my shot. Shoot your shot. I mean, well, Plausible. think about it like this. Think, no, think about it like this. They started off 5-0 and last year. They were 12-4. and Yeah, they didn't 
finish out the playoffs like they wanted to, but you had all in all successful season, and then you heard that maybe he'll entertain a trade to Chicago, the places where quarterbacks usually go to die. That's usually a recipe for saying, I don't really want to be here if things are that good and I'm trying to get out. And if you're Russell Wilson, and think about it, he's had to endure as for, for basically as durable as he's been, he's taking some shots, right? And he's not the biggest guy. Those he does great numbers. He, those are t- excellent numbers. Like, he, he doesn't take hard hits, but those hits add up. He's one of the most sacked quarterbacks year after year. He doesn't take those straight-on, like, kill shots. It's, this ain't Jim Burt and, and Joe Montana back in the day. He's not taking those hits, but those hits do Ooh, add up. And you wonder if he's looking at his career, where he is, how much time he has left in his prime, and saying, you know what? Before Aaron Rodgers gets out of Green Bay, before Tom Brady gets out and goes to the next place, I need to figure something out. And if you're Pete Carroll and John Schneider, that tradition of the 12th man and everything else can only hold you for so long because they haven't been trying, they've been trying to fix that defense for a few years now, and it's been getting progressively worse. Russell Wilson to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's what I say. Ooh. Now, first of all, two things, Vinny. One, my man, A plus reference, Jim Burt, Joe Montana. A plus reference. I just, I just shuddered. I, I had you, you, you spoke the words, and I just shuddered just thinking about the hit. I'm unsettled, but I got something for you. Now, this is not an original idea. My man Gary Carter came up with this. Let me throw this at you. Now, I already, already proposed new ownership from the Detroit Lions. Will that bring you back? He said, Nah. You want to make fun of your dad? I feel sorry for your dad. Son goes on TV, says, yeah, I love making fun of my dad because he's in a toxic relationship with the Detroit Lions. But anyway, uh, that leave. didn't get you. That didn't get, <laughs> that didn't get you. <laughs> but this will get you. What if Aaron Rodgers leaves the Packers and doesn't go to the Broncos but goes to the Lions? Aaron Rodgers to the Lions now, Vinny Goodwill, what you going to do? Who are you going to root for now? I would root Andy for Aaron Rodgers Aaron and not the Lions. I would not root for Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I would not root for the Lions, but for Aaron Rodgers. And you will never present an undesirable object. That's like an immovable object meeting the irresistible force right there in terms of my fandom. Aaron Rodgers ain't coming to play for no damn Lions. He got common sense. He will go and play for Pittsburgh or San Francisco or somewhere else where he has a chance to win. The Lions have how many playoff wins in 57, 58, 59 years? One. It's just unbelievable. January 5th, 1992. The one playoff win the Lions had, they beat the Cowboys. John Madden, you know what John Madden said that day? John Madden said, the future of the NFC is right here. The Lions and the Cowboys. And then the next three years, three out of the next four years, the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. What the Lions do, nada. Zilch. Nothing. Watch it. Oh, I'll tell you. But I'll tell you what they did. They hosted the Super Bowl. They hosted the Super Bowl in 2006. That was great. I got some stories from that weekend, though. Stevie was there. Did you see Stevie? I didn't see. I don't think I saw Stevie that week. That was one of the coldest weeks in the history of life, mind you. Like, actually, in January and February, it's really cold in Detroit anyway. And it happened to be extra cold that week where I heard, I won't say, where I heard this. This is going to be fun. This is a nice segue. I've heard the worst rap in my life 
from a sports writer to a woman that week at Super Bowl. I think I just turned 21. I wasn't even really of age yet. And he was hitting on this woman. It might have been, I don't know if it was at a GQ party or something like that. And I won't even give his voice because if I give his voice, then it'll be a dead giveaway for who I'm talking about. But what he said, Michael Holly, was, you got to eat. I got to eat. Let's eat together. Now, he said it with some twang. He said it with, I guess, some pizzazz. And she looked at him and was like, I don't, nah, don't think so. <laughs> that is terrible. That's terrible. You know what? Hey, I think we, I think we need a break on that. We need a break on that. We're going to come back. We're going to reset. That Names redacted really to protect terrible. the guilty. Uh, okay. And, and now you know what I'm doing. I'm trying yep. to think. Yep. Did you say it with a twang? So that's my little hint. A twang. It's, it's, oh, it's I know definitely it a hint. I know who it is. It's a hint. Do you? I know who it is. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. But that ain't why she, that ain't why she rejected him though. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. All right, Vinny, look, your company and your family, I've already gotten to the top item on my feed. I feel like it's only fair to get to the top item on your feed as we start the four o'clock hour. Those checking us out on Sirius Channel 211, Peacock TV, YouTube. Here it is. We're talking about the easiest thing. I love this. I love lists. USA Today came up with the 75 greatest players in NBA history. Why? Because the NBA is 75, 75 years old. And last time we did this, I can't believe it, man. It's like 1996. I remember that like yesterday. Here we are, 2021, 25 years later. Here we go. So top 75 players, and there is a top 10 of the 75. I saw that you wrote on your feed, Vinny. You said USA Today made a list and did not check it twice. I think that's some criticism. So, floor is yours. What do you want to criticize? I want to say it's necessarily criticism because it's USA Today. It's not the NBA's official uh, top 75. And let me make this make this clear. <clears throat> I'm not voting on a, a top 75 like numbering them. I think that's an impossible task. So, I give the voters a lot of grace. 
the overall list was actually not too bad. Like, I know you like to believe that LeBron James is number one and everybody else falls behind, so you might have uh, some slight beef there. But I will say this. Elgin Baylor being number 19, that might be a little low. Hakeem Olajuwon being yeah, in the teens, low. a little low. That's low. Isaiah Thomas being number 24, or maybe I think it's 24. That's high. That's a little low. No, 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 that's low. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't do that. 24? Isaiah Thomas? 24? You don't yes. think that's high? That's, that's slightly low, okay. in my opinion. Slightly low. I know. Slightly okay. low. Okay. Slightly I know. Slightly low. Like you said, you low. represent Detroit, and I respect it. You, re- you represent, I represent Detroit, and I respect it. I represent truth and objectivity. That's what I, that's what I represent. This is not, it's not my heart speaking, okay. Michael Holly. It is literally just basketball facts. That's all. So we're good. Okay. Like, I think, like I said, I think it's an impossible task. Let me ask you this. If, if Gary can pull up the screen, did you have a problem with anybody in the top ten? Larry Bird, in my opinion, might have been yeah. a little low. I think we, we, Larry Bird might get short thrift right. in, in this basketball goat discussion because he okay. was damn great. All right. Uh, all right. This is going to be tough. This is going to be tough. Uh, look. Do you, think you, go, you better watch your tone. You better watch your tone. Shaq, watch your tone. Check your tone. <laughs> hey, is Shaq one of the 10 best players in NBA history? I don't think so. 10. Now, Shaq might be, this is, this is debatable because I say Shaq is somewhere between 13 and 18, 19. Ooh. So Shaq, if we're talking about just pure dominance, just like the ability to physically overpower somebody, then Shaq has got to be one. Like the most impressive, immovable, you, you talked about immovable objects earlier? Shaq, the immovable object. Yep. Yeah, he's, he's got to be one. But did you ever say to yourself, and, and if you did, so be it. I've never said to myself at any point, even in Shaq in his prime, if I'm starting a team, I'm starting with Shaq. I never said I'm going to start my team with Shaq, and I'll be in great shape. You never He's said that. He's going to be my building block. I never you said never that. Nope. said that. Nope, I never did. Ooh, your, Honor, like your, your Honor, I will, your Honor, I would happens. like to call your Honor. I would like to call Michael Holly uh, to the stand for perjury, because that man is lying. He is absolutely lying right now. You mean to tell me Shaq at the absolute peak of his powers? Let's just say. From 99 to 2001, that three-year stretch, even that last year or that three-peat, he started gaining weight. But let's just say from the lockout year of 99, mm. the first Michael Jordan mm. post year, to 2001, mm. and then where the Lakers ran through the league, yeah. who were you taking over him? Allen Iverson? His teammate. Carter? Who? His teammate. His teammate. Don't do that. Don't do that. Kobe, Bean, Bryant. Yes. Yes. And, and now, I would say... I always, that was easy. I knew you were going to ask me that. I was ready. I always thought Kobe. Kobe was the key. And apparently the Lakers agreed. The Lakers agreed. They agreed because later. Because they came down. They agreed later. They didn't agree during the stretch that I was talking about when Shaquille O'Neal was the Maybe most dominant should've. force ever. Look, you can make the argument that Kobe was close to being Shaq's equal in the last championship, maybe the second to last championship in 2001 when they ran roughshod through the playoffs and only lost that one game uh, to Allen Iverson in the Philadelphia Oh, that was a great 76ers. run. That's right. 
Thank yeah, but, thanks for bringing that up. That was a great team. I, I really loved that team. I did. But but Shaquille O'Neal was the undoubted number one. Kobe Bryant came into his own a little bit after that from a, a standpoint of consistency. And I will and I will and I will always give Kobe Bryant a lot of respect from the standpoint of his ambition. He looked at Shaquille O'Neal, the most dominant player in the game, and said, I'm going to be better than you. I give a guy that. I will give Kobe Bryant that from just the standpoint of Shaq being 7'2", 330 pounds of, of granite, and Kobe saying, I'm going to be better than you. But let's, Michael Holly, I'm going to have to take your basketball card away. Yeah. Either that, or I'm going to say yeah, you're reneged. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that you can't play yeah. space, or I'm going to say that you're just right. flat out lying, and that we're not going to do this show ever again if you're going to say that Kobe Bryant, during that stretch that I'm naming, not the 2004 Kobe Bryant and the 2004 right, Shaq, I'm talking about Shaquille O'Neal, most dominant player immediately after Michael Jordan's real retirement. You are lying to the American people. I'm going to need you to step down and ask for forgiveness right now before we move any further. Ask for forgiveness and maybe I'll let you back into basketball conversation. I need you to ask for forgiveness right now, Michael Holly. I need you you to do that. Vinny, it's been a long time since I I wrote a game story. I need to go back. I need to go back to the D-League, just learn how to cover a beat again. Learn how to interview people, the whole thing. I got to go back. A little remedial beat writer training. But I, I got to tell you this, in all seriousness, I'm a little nitpick. I'm a nitpick here. Can I nitpick between five and six? This go is a little nitpick. Boston. It is a little Boston talking. Oh. Bill Russell finished second, finished behind Wilt Chamberlain one time in his whole career. In his whole career, he finished behind Wilt once. And that was uh, the first year he was coaching. He, he, he was occupied. Red Auerbach had retired. And he said, okay, Russ, I want you to coach. So the brother had to play and he had to coach. He had too much on his mind. That was the year uh, Wilt won the championship over Russell. Other than that, how are you going to put Russell behind Wilt when he always finished ahead of Wilt? Always. Why? 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 Because Wilt Chamberlain didn't play with you know, Bob Cousy and Sam Jones and everybody oh, else all play for Red Auerbach. Oh, Arbach. stop, stop, the, stop. Here's, here's what, here's what stop. I will say. I will give he you He played this. with Hal Greer, played with Billy play Cunningham. With he played with Hall of Famers here's and Billy Cunningham. Say. Here's what I will say. Just looking at Matthew Stafford from the standpoint of watching someone compile statistics, I can understand that compiling statistics doesn't always have an effect on winning, right? So I will give Thank you that. You. Thank you. But Wilt Chamberlain's name is tattooed all through the NBA's history books and other places, I might add. But I will say this. I will Allegedly. say this. I'm going to no, question his, his accounting. By his own claim. I'm a, I'm I know, a, that's what I'm saying. I'm questioning his, his counting. Like, you can't just count. Everyone can't count as 10, Wilt. It, it don't work like that. You know? Why, why I, can't it? I, I'm just, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that was the case. Anyway. I, what, 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 what I will say is this. Bill Russell had the greatest effect on winning, right? He had a greater effect on winning and maybe, and I, and I heard him in an interview years ago uh, when, when Bill was much more, Mr. Russell, I should say, was, was much more public. And he was like, look, I had to build my guys up. You know, I had to make sure that they were 
that they were confident, that they were prepared, and everything else. So I won't argue with you, even though I think that your Boston bias is starting to show. And Lord forbid, the Boston Celtics. Let's 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 be, let's let's take a step back, and let's say the Boston Celtics have gotten uh, the short end of the stick in terms of basketball history. Who could ever say such a thing? How did the Boston Celtics, the team that get every single call every single year, and you gonna complain about five and six? Michael Holly, I'm not taking that. Boston always gets the okay. calls. They always get the calls that, in every sport. Yeah. Lot, shame every the sport, devil won't tell sport. the truth. Shame the devil won't tell the truth, Michael Holly. Every sport. Okay. Every sport. All right. All right, all right. Listen, we have we've kind of danced around. Oh, here's it. So, I put Akeem. I put Akeem probably there where Shaq was. Mm. Kevin Durant's too low. Kevin Durant should be in the top 10 somewhere. I don't know who I'm going to take out. He should be in there. Moses Malone shouldn't be at 18. I put I take Moses over controversy. Here it is. I take Moses over Carl. Number two score in NBA history. I take Moses over Doc. I take Moses over Jerry West. So I take Moses over Oscar. Moses was the man. What are they talking about? Anyway, but let's go back to the number one. Let's go back to number one. Okay, one let's go two. back there. Let's go back there. Did they let's get that it. right? Did they get it right? In your opinion, they got I saw you talk with. They you, got number one. You right. talk with number three. They you got number one three. right. They got number one right. Recently, and they three could and right. three could has a real case for one. Tell okay. me why. Tell me why number one is correct. Michael Jordan is the best combination of best player and best career. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had the greatest career. When you're talking about six MVPs, you're talking about doing it in two places, you're talking about basically creating or uplifting the Lakers franchise, you know, from where they were. Absolutely. And playing until you were 42 years old and being relatively effective as a center in a center's league, you know, up until maybe his last two or three years, the Kareem fall-off didn't really happen until he had reached 40 years old. So from a standpoint of a career, you can make the standpoint for him at number one. From the standpoint of being a basketball player, Michael Jordan had no structural flaws. And I hate saying that because where am I sitting? I am in Detroit. I grew up hating that man and all these other things, but I cannot tell a lie. I will not perjure myself here today, unlike, unlike you. You should be disgusted. I know you want to say LeBron should be number one, and you probably want to put Michael Jordan number three. But, you know, I, I have a divine sort, sort of honesty to basketball. I owe basketball my honesty. You apparently oh, don't listen, have that listen, basketball integrity. Michael Jordan I is the greatest basketball. basketball. I do. I, as a basketball scribe, as a listen. basketball writer by trade, I okay. owe basketball my honesty. You, my friend, have no integrity when you, when you make your list. I don't. No, I don't. You know I why? Because I'm mad. You now, now you struck a nerve. You struck a nerve a little bit. And now you've taken me back to an area of deep pain. I, I, Benny, you know how many nights, nights I stayed up watching the NBA and dreaming about the NBA and time I spent on the asphalt trying to get a jump shot to go in and it never did. I can never score. I can never dribble. So basketball ain't do nothing for me. Basketball has hurt me. My entire time, and I ain't for five seven. I'm five seven. I'm tall. I ain't tall. I can't jump. So what's basketball done for me? That's your fault. (laughs) You need to have you need to have a talk with the people who created your genetics, brother. Yeah, I do. 
I do. So so who's especially, your so who's your top three? So who's your top three? Especially that dude. Especially who's that your dude. Top three? Okay. That, yeah. Who's your who's your top three? Uh, no, they got they got the top three right. Uh, probably, I would. They have the top three right, but not in order. The right the, the right three people. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna put LeBron at one. I'm gonna put Jordan at two, and Kareem at three. Because you talk about no structural flaws for Michael Jordan. I don't no. think LeBron James has any, has any structural flaws. Yes, he does. I don't think he, he can't does. shoot free throws. He can't shoot free throws. Okay, not a, 70 what? 70%? What's he, a career 70% free throw shooter? Something like that? Yeah. And then and Jordan, Jordan's 80, 80 something. 84. Probably 82. 84. It's off the top of my head. Like 84. He's at 84. Jordan's 84% for his career? Yes. Yes. What's yes. He? yes. Ooh, I stand corrected. But, okay, so advantage Jordan there. No flaw there from Jordan from the, uh, from the free throw line. But LeBron is a better three point shooter than Jordan. So kind of no, don't don't do that. 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 The three point shot was not the three point shot wasn't no the three point shot was not emphasized. It was not a three point game at that point. And if we want to go to that at age thirty three, no, it was not. It was not a three point shooting game. Don't do that. I saw Michael Jordan. Hey, how about what his favorite clips? One of my favorite clips. Jordan running down the court, going, oh, I think he made six of them that night. If it wasn't a priority, he sure was taking a bunch of threes against the Portland Trailblazers in the finals. So the three-point line, he was aware of it. He just teams not did not proficient. take threes. Larry Bird, we consider one of the greatest three-point shooters ever. He took less than two per game for his entire career. If Larry Bird played now, he'd be taking 11 a game. The three-point shot That's was right. introduced in 1980. It was not emphasized by 1990. It was not embraced basically until you had smaller teams going small, spreading the floor. When did Do Jordan not... When did Jordan stop playing? Are we going to say the, the Washington time. Wizards count? Well, Okay, that counts. That. Yes, okay, it counts. Okay. I'm asking. I'm, I'm asking a question, Your Honor. He was playing I'm in merely, the 2000s. I'm merely asking the question, Your Honor. I'm asking the hey, question. He played. Okay, his he last played, game had, was in 2003. I mean, yes, yes. We had we had the internet. We had the internet when Michael Jordan was playing. We had color TV. We had air conditioning. Yes, we did. Like things happened. We yes, had we HD. Did. I mean, yes, he, we, he played. He played in a modern game too. And he played in an old is, school game and a new school game. And your point that he was not. He's not the three point shooter. That LeBron is so look there are no structural flaws in in LeBron there are no structural flaws in Jordan but LeBron's gonna have all the numbers except for maybe championships that Jordan has he's gonna exceed all his numbers he's gonna wind up being the number one scorer in NBA history he'll be up there in assist he'll be up there in rebounds great player from Akron Ohio anyway hey look look at this hey man we got you know what I say to that? <laughs> whoop the damn do. Okay. All right, whoop de do. How many? What four championships now? Four. 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 Great player. Okay. One of the one of the one oh, of the top player. three players of all time. One of the top three what players a, of all time. What What's the shame in that? Where's the shade in that? No shade. There's no shade in that. No shade. There's no shade there. Anyway, That's all respect. Let's, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna let you just think about this for a second. We'll come back. We'll talk to our guy Ryan Hollins. Got a new gig. Ryan Hollins, look at him. Analyst, getting his analyst game on. We'll check in with him. Brother from another comes back. You need a break, man. (laughs) Do you want a beautiful lawn? 
Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. All right, Vinny, man, I always like to celebrate when people are doing well, when our people are doing well, our extended family. So, man, I got a lot of excitement when I saw this. Ryan Hollins named lead TV analyst uh, for Rockets games. Uh, He will be working uh, and covering and commentating on, I got to tell you, Ryan, possibly the youngest team in NBA history. (laughs) Man, like the Rockets have so much. They got a lot of talent. Uh, I like. I think Jalen Green's going to be. He's got the charisma already. He's got the game, but they've got a lot of picks. They got a lot of young players. Congratulations to you, my brother, for for getting that job. And uh, just tell us, you know, what that journey was like to get there, and if that was something that you've been thinking about for a while. Man, I, I I couldn't be more ecstatic to be here. And you, you know what? It, it's funny, man. Everybody thinks I've had some type of long-term, full-time deal at all the places I've been at, man. Those are nothing but 10-day contracts, man. <laughs> so uh, the, the Houston Rockets have given me a home, man. It's going to be a privilege uh, to, to call and, and work with the team. And you hit it right on the head, man. Like, this is a young, young, exciting squad. And, you know, a lot of people may look at the record this year per, per se and say well you know there are losses here and there but this is going to be one of the more exciting groups that we have seen in the NBA in a very long time and I like to compare them to man remember the knucklehead Clippers you know how they got up and down the oh, floor yeah. with Darius Miles and yeah. Q Rich and those guys I, I can see a lot of similarities in this group and with social media man these these kids are going to be putting the internet on, on fire and on a blaze you know I don't I don't I know that's not wins and losses but at least for the meanwhile, man, one of the more exciting groups to be a part of. Wow. Tell me what I'm you curious. see from Jalen oh, Green. Ahead. Yep. Yeah, yeah. This, he, uh, sorry, Vinny. So, Jalen Green, tell me about him. Vince, don't worry. We'll get to you, Vince. We already know you fired up, Vince. I know you got some fire, man. Um, no, Jalen Green has, honestly, he's exceeded expectations. You know, what's impressed me most about him is his kind of feel for the game. And I would like to, you know, credit the G League at night who did an excellent job with him last year and and the thing is if he sees an open uh player he's gonna pass he's gonna hit the open player uh he's got a decent handle off the bounce and what really excites you is he's only gonna get stronger and 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 catch up to the speed of the nba but he has so many intangibles that is just it's shocking man and most of all man he's got a dog type 
a dog. A, listen, I don't want to throw it a Kobe Bryant. Like we, we get to be told that's all different, but he, he has a, he has a work ethic. Okay. That's going to set him apart. And this kid loves basketball. It, it's weird. Vince, like a lot of kids now don't love basketball. Our guys love basketball. And especially it starts with Jalen. So the, the future is in very, very bright hands. No, you're right. That was the question that I was going to ask him or just leading into just the youth on this team, not just Jalen Green, but also a guy that I'm really intrigued with, Kevin Porter Jr. Like just some of the just some of the things that you see from some of these young guys. Is it going to be something where they're growing up together or is it going to be something where you got to get the right mix of veterans around them to sort of put the guardrails out there so that they're not just left to their own devices all the time? Because you know how this league can be with younger teams and younger players. Well, you know what really excites me is the mix of veterans around the young guys. You know, guys like DJ Augustine, uh, Eric Gordon, uh, who's a veterans veteran, uh, Christian Wood, who's who's not quite that just veteran yet, but he's on the cusp. He's coming into his own. So, you know what was crazy, man? This is a group that I know our, our young guys aren't, aren't to that point yet. But I see really, really good role players right now among two guys who could be absolute megastars in the league, uh, in, in Jalen Green and Scoot, KPJ. Those guys could be megastars in the league. So the pieces to the puzzle are here. And Vince, you know, you don't build a house without the without a foundation. You know, and, and when LeBron, you know, decided to go back to Cleveland, it was a young uh, Kyrie Irving there. It was a young Tristan Thompson. You know, when, when Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie went to the Nets, and, and, and went there, they had good role players there. You, you know, there, there were pieces to the puzzle. So the one thing that's exciting is the pieces to the puzzle, the cap space, and, and what you brought up and mentioned, Vince, is the veterans that are doing things the right way. So it, it's a healthy work environment. I've been a part of some rebuilds as a player that weren't always healthy environments and didn't always teach winning or how to play the right way. But I like what's going on in Houston. I'm, I'm just—I'm not just being a homer right now, Vince. I'm not just giving lip service. It's a real deal, man. All right, listen. We're gonna take you. We're gonna take you away from any instinct to be a homer, because we're gonna go from uh, a developing team like the one you have, right? We're gonna, t- we're gonna take you away from that. Now we're gonna go to the top. We're going to the top of the league. League's about to start. Who are you excited about? Championship level. Like, give me two or three teams that you're looking at saying, okay, they got it. You can, Who is it? Here's the reality. You, you can't not look at the Los Angeles Lakers. You know, uh, I, I think age is nothing but a number. Come on, Vince. You know, I think the biggest thing you have to worry about with the Lakers is not their age, it's their health. You know, if they can separate the minutes the right way, uh, if they can get on par, if they don't coast through the season, you know, are, are they going to be ready to go? And I think it, it, this, this year lies solely – on the shoulders of not LeBron James, but Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis uh, has to be healthy. He's got to play at an MVP-type level. Uh, the acquisition of Dwight Howard was what is huge for the team. Uh, Rajon Rondo is going to be excellent for the for the locker room. That's two pieces of their championship run that are back. But Anthony Davis is the guy that LeBron had really uh, pieced to, to hand the thrones over to. And, and Vince, you know this, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, they got to figure out the situation going on with Kyrie Irving. Uh, I, I, I definitely respect the fact that he has not been vaccinated at his personal choice, uh, but but they're going to have to figure some things out. Maybe uh, COVID restrictions lighten up midway through the season. Maybe they get heavier. We, we don't know yet to be told. So uh, that's intrigued to tell. 
and see how that situation fans out. And, and, you know, they're younger than the Lakers, clearly. But the Nets, we're talking about health uh, again also. Uh, Milwaukee, we can't discount what they've done. Uh, what what kind of troubles me, Vince, with Milwaukee is losing P.J. Tucker. I thought P.J. Tucker was kind of that, 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 that gritty piece that they had to have. So missing P.J. Tucker really alarms me if we're talking about a championship run uh, with, with Milwaukee. Again, uh, Phoenix intrigues me. I'm not, I'm not jumping out the window with what Phoenix has to offer. So in, in all honesty, I see so much parity in the league now. I don't think there's any clear-cut favorite. Obviously, we can say a healthy Lakers, but that's a big if. That's a big maybe, guys. But I think there's a lot of teams that have an opportunity to hop into contention and look at a squad like Phoenix, you know, that that obviously, you know, took advantage of opportunity, the, the opportunity that they had last year and excelled with it. And, you know, the Clippers, we kind of got, got to discount them with no Kawhi Leonard unless there's some um, magical way that Kawhi Leonard comes back healthy and playing at an extremely high level in the playoffs, which I would assume – uh, it was the only way he'd be returning. And knowing Kawhi, he's just going to sit out the year and do what's best for him and get healthy. Look, Kawhi don't do what's best for him. <laughs> Make no mistake about that. So uh, I'm intrigued to see what happens uh, in Clipper land. But it, the, the, the narrative of the story is health, health, health again, and more health. Well, you mentioned P.J. Tucker. You mentioned the champions in Milwaukee. What about the team that P.J. Tucker went to? Because if I'm speaking for my own self-interest here, if I'm going to be somewhere in the middle of June, I'd rather be in South oh, Beach in Miami. Oh. I'd rather be there. So if we're talking about adding Kyle Lowry and adding P.J. Tucker, what do you think of the Miami Heat's prospects for being able to sneak into that championship picture? No, you're right, man. We, when we saw Miami here uh, yesterday in Houston, I think Miami yeah. is, is embarrassed by the way that they were uh, finished up last year. I, I don't think guys like Tyler Hero – uh, want to be considered front runners, you know, and that's kind of the tag that they were given. So I think it's, I know it's a matter of health. Uh, Jimmy Butler can, can play at a high level. We, we call him a, you know, he's a, he's a superstar by, by committee. He can play at a superstar level. Vince, we don't need to go down this road, but when you have a stingy list of superstars, Jimmy Duff Butler doesn't make it, but Jimmy Butler can play at a superstar level. And when we get stingy, we're talking KD, LeBron and Steph, that's stingy, but Jimmy Butler can be that on any given night. But you're right, Kyle Lowry brings the – it's like a match made in heaven, that he brings a championship DNA. He's a perfect piece. You know, he's definitely a Spo and Pat Riley guy, a guy who, uh, you know, I came into the league with. So uh, I do like Miami. I just have to wait and see how it develops. But that's a group that can compete with anybody essentially – at a really, really high level. I like what they're doing, but, you know, Hero, let's see how he grows up and develops this year. You know, he was riding really high. He got humbled a bit. And obviously, you know, health is going to be an extreme factor there. And, you know, Duncan Robinson can shoot it with the best of them. So Miami's intriguing. They just have to show me a little more. All right, listen, Ryan, last question for you. We're not going to get you out of here without a little controversy, without a little debate. So look, we were talking before. Come on, you came man! You in. got Vincent Goodwill we on the show, to... man. You know you want that. Oh yeah, that's right. Look, top seventy-five, top seventy-five list. USA Today has it. We were arguing about it uh, before you came on, and uh, Gary, you can put that list up now, uh, so so Ryan can see it. All right, there it is. Top ten players in NBA history. Do you have any issues anywhere? One through ten. One Jordan, two LeBron, three Kareem. 
Uh, did they get it okay. right? Okay, for one, for one, I'm gonna I'm call these out, Vince. Vince, you'll you'll love this, Vince. Um, obviously, LeBron is number one. Uh, Kobe Bryant is number oh, two. Oh, uh, listen, Kareem is is uh is number three. And I'm not mad, you guys. I've always said this. I'm not mad at anybody that puts Kareem at one or Kareem at two. I just think that Kobe Bryant had an ability to put more of a stamp uh, on the game. Uh, Magic would tell you that Kobe Bryant had a better career than him, but Magic is the greatest uh, Laker of all time because he paved the way for everything to happen there in L.A. I don't have much of a beef after that. Um, If we want to talk rings, obviously, you know, Big Big Wilt is number one. He's got all the rings, so we can't question that. But, you know, I don't know if I put... Uh, excuse me, Bill Bill Russell. Uh, but I don't, yeah, Bill is definitely not amongst Kobe. So I, I think what's tough is when we get into this GOAT debate, it's what's your criteria, guys? What's the criteria? For me, uh, LeBron James has hit a bigger peak, a better peak than any other player we've seen playing in the NBA. Uh, the dominance goes to Michael Jordan. So I don't, I'm not mad at anybody who picks Jordan. Uh, not you, Vince, not this time. So where'd you put um, Jordan, though? It, hold on, hold on, Ryan. Where do you have Jordan? Jordan's two. Jordan's two. Excuse me, and, and Kobe's got... three. Kobe's three. Thank you for you correcting me. Thank you, because okay. Vince was going to jump all okay. over that. Vince, okay, thank you. Get my back, Mike. Get my back, Mike. Um, and, and then we go Kareem at four. We go Kareem at four, and I, I'm, I'm going to mix and match after that. I'm, I don't have a real preference. Vinny? Ladies, la- la- no, 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 no. See, 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 here's the thing. Earlier in your segment, I accused you of perjury. I'm going to demand that Ryan Hollins be drug tested before he call another game for the Houston Rockets. This man needs to be drug tested. Whatever was in his vaccine, that it might have been like some extra sodium or something like that that was in there because he just spoke some not nonsense. Nonsense. Look, you can have a difference of opinion. I'm not going to That was FDA approved. I, look, I get it. I get it. LeBron's your guy. Everybody wants their guy from their time to say, you know what, I played with or against the greatest of all time. So it clouds their opinions. That's why you have to have impartial observers who aren't emotional, who can look at things clinically, who can look at things coldly. You're just wrong. Both of y'all. It's okay. No, no, no. Here's my thing. Hear this, Vince. Game's not cold. I'm just saying LeBron can do things with less that Michael can't do. He, he can take less, and, and he's had less. You know, that we, we don't really look at that. But I agree. Michael's more dominant. My goat list isn't dominance. My goat list is can you score it with the best? Are you clutch? Can you does pass take, with the best? Does, we he know- take, does he take teams and make them less? Because I feel like he's always created super teams, and then all these superstars become role players because that's what his game requires. He's the most high-maintenance superstar in NBA history. That's what he is. You gotta, you, you gotta let me know if you if you put Michael Jordan uh, on the Lakers team that first year, do they make the playoffs or, or or what does that look like? You you gotta let me know that he could take that Cleveland Cavaliers team to the finals. I think I think Michael has a first round exit because he drops fifty or sixty and 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 doesn't trust the other guys and gets a little frustrated with them. You know, it was hard playing for Michael Jordan. And keep in mind, Michael had the same cast throughout his whole career. And hold on, Vince, I'm gonna throw this to you. You say you say LeBron has super teams. Mike has super teams. Scotty is one of the, one of the top fifty players to ever we're play not, the game. We're not doing this. And Michael, we're not talking and, well, yes, we, and, we're not no, yes, Scottie and, and guess what? We're gonna talk Dennis Rodman, Rodman too. Dennis Rodman is arguably the greatest role player to ever play Get the game. Ryan. The best rebounder to Get ever him. play the game. And then we can go down the list there, man. So it, 
So, so, so come on, come on, Vince. Dennis Rodman won a super part of a super team. Do y'all want me to be nice to company, or do y'all want me to tell the truth? Which one? Which, which one no, is no. it? Which one is it? No, no. Me to New home. <laughs> hey, bro. You listen. You in the den. You in the family room. Come yeah, on a, now. I'm a homer, Vince. I'm a homer, Vince. This, this is this is what I will say. <laughs> Michael Jordan won his first three championships when his third best player was Horace Grant, a nice player. But Horace Grant was nobody's superstar. Who's on the other yeah. side, though? Who's on the other wait, side? Wait, what wait, superstars wait, were you on the other side? With me. Wait, let me let's just rock with me here. Rock with me here. Rock with me here. Okay, okay, okay. And, and, okay. and then the second three, Pete, did y'all remember that Scottie Pippen wanted to have a hot boy summer and missed like the first half of the season? And Dennis Rodman <laughs> wanted to escape to Las Vegas because it was too much pressure to be the second best player and because and because he was basically filling his body up with vodka and then trying to run run wind sprints the next day. And Michael Jordan kept that team together. Ryan Hollins, I am from Detroit, Michigan. I am a child of multi town and the bad boys it pains me to say such things about michael jordan but it is the absolute truth that he is the best player of all time he structurally uh. had no flaws 6 6 225 you could not put him in bad spots you couldn't force him into doing things that he didn't want to do that we're not talking about basketball play i'm not talking about averaging more one more rebound or one more assist or anything like that. Yeah, you yeah. can have you can have your accumulation of numbers. I'm talking about if I'm playing ball, if I want to win, and I got this guy here and this guy here, it may not be a tougher choice for many, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take the 23 with the bald head, not the 23 with the balding head. Ooh, wow, ooh, walk man. Up. Wow. Boom, that's okay. it. Go. Hold, let me, that's it. Hold on. Let, let me ask you this. Let me that, ask you to see. That's just disrespect. That, that's that, a that's walk off right there. Disrespect. Okay, let, let me ask you this. Who was he playing against? Well, when Michael was winning championship, the competition level in the NBA and it was, as role players weren't the same. And, yes, I do agree. agree. LeBron agree. James was the creator. LeBron James was the creator of the super team. But guess what? It came back to bite him. Look at what happened in Golden State. Golden State assembled like a super team and added Kevin Durant. Okay? Yep. Look at what Kevin Durant did with the Nets. He got Harden and, and Kyrie because they understood why. We have to go out and beat LeBron James. So yes, LeBron James created the super team, but the competition that he has to compete against, Michael wouldn't have beat the, the 73-win Warriors. Like, like, like that wouldn't have happened. Like, like l- listen, you have to understand the competition level that LeBron James lost to when he became the king, when he knocked off the Celtics and beat OKC in the finals, was different than Michael had to face. So we can't discredit, even though LeBron lost championships, but when he actually became the king and he got crowned, that man Don't is a different breed, Vince. It's impossible. Don't answer. Don't answer. It's impossible. To, to it's be continued. Compare errors. It's impossible to compare. To be continued. In those circumstances, you are. No, it's possible. Right no, it's possible, Vince. Don't answer. I'm trying to Ryan, let you off the answer. hook. I'm trying to let you go. I'm trying to let hey, you go and be nice. Hey, listen, we're going to continue. You know what, Ryan? We're going to continue this. We're coming to Houston. We're going to do this in person. Hey. <laughs> we're going to come to Houston hey. and keep it going. <laughs> All right. I like what you're saying, though. Hey, Ryan, I'm on your side. Ryan Hollins, congratulations, Lies brother. I know you're going to do a great job. Lies you're going to do a great job. And and your analysis on the top 75 list is impeccable. Unassailable, Benny Goodwill. It's unassailable. <laughs> that man told the truth. <laughs> oh, my. Do you want a beautiful lawn? 
Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Before we talk with Brother Sims, because I'm going to give him a hard time. Ooh, wee! I'm going to give him a hard time. Well, what's up with that hit? Just, just talk about it. it seriously, it's one of the great rivalries in college football. It stunk at the time, but it was such a great rivalry. It was a big moment in college sports. And here's the last tidbit. I went to Oklahoma once and went in their, their football hall of fame. Man, they got more pictures of me than they do the rest of the players on the damn Oklahoma history in that damn place. Who's the greatest player in WNBA history? Christy Winter Scott says. For me, today, right now, after 25 years, oh gosh, I'm, I'm buying myself a couple more seconds. Okay, look, I'm going to say Diana Taurasi. She has okay. the Mamba, she has the Mamba mentality. And not that the other ones don't, but the way that she is just fiercely focused on the task at hand, that's what separates her from everybody else. It's weird that it's this guy. It's, you know, Wiggins not playing, like, okay, whatever. But it's Kyrie on a team that is probably the favorite to win a chip. If they wrote this drama, I'd be like, this is too much. You you know what I mean? Like, y'all done jumped the shark. That would never happen. You lost the plot. I know you're a Ravens fan. I'm wondering if you're still a Ravens fan after you listen to this. Check this out. I hate to say it. I was not a fan of the wire. Probably going to upset some people, but um, I, I, I couldn't get into it. It was like two episodes, and I'm like, this just isn't it. It wasn't it? Two episodes? What are you talking about? Why, 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 why wasn't it it? And bro, read the room. It's Baltimore. So much for film study. You gonna give it two episodes? That's all you got? You gonna give it two episodes and then that's it? Then you're out? He should have got. He should have finished the first season before he even stepped foot in Baltimore. Thing is, you only got to fuck up once. All right, uh, Vinny Goodwill. We talked about this earlier this week. I know you're a Dave Chappelle fan, and I know you've recently seen Dave Chappelle in Detroit. So I want to get your take on this. Uh, this writer, this particular writer, we talked about it early in the week, uh, was not feeling Dave Chappelle's new special, The Closer, says it goes too far, says that he is really, um, he is not a, a, a comedian who seems aware of our times, uh, has some homophobic, according homophobic and transphobic, according to this writer, and the uh, LGBTQIA community, uh, some of the comments that Chappelle makes are just way over the top. You've seen him recently. Have you noticed any change in, in Dave Chappelle? And, and what was that show like 
that you saw? Well, the show that I went to see wasn't the show that was filmed for the special, but it was during that week. So I think I saw him the very first night. So not that he was rusty or anything like that, but I'm sure uh, as he completed his fourth and fifth and sixth shows and those things were recorded, he had refined some of the jokes, refined some of the punchlines and everything else. And it was cringeworthy funny. That's the best way I can was uncomfortably funny. And I think comedians have a certain license more than others to be able to press the envelope, especially socially, especially in terms of the culture. But I do think there are certain parameters that you want to work in. Like Dave is pretty much anointed himself the gatekeeper of we have to cancel cancel culture. And he's on this war against cancel culture, even though we can't say or name anybody besides R. Kelly, who's actually being canceled. And look how long it took for us to cancel him and how uncomfortable people were with canceling him. It's like he's fighting, he's shadow boxing against an invisible opponent that doesn't actually exist. And you can't compare the plight in a negative way from the, the, trans, the transgender community or the gay community to black people. I think that's an unfair comparison. I don't think that, you know, quote-unquote, the man looks at it and says, you know what, black people, I will certainly give you everything that you're worth, but I got to take care of the transgender community and the gay community first. That's not how the world works, and he's positioning one against the other while also being a little bit on the cruel side, even if he's using anecdotes yeah. to, show, to show, hey, I have personal relationships. No, I have a personal relationship with that person, not necessarily that community. You know, I, I think, uh, Vinny, you'll agree with me on, on Dave Chappelle at his best. So whether, whether you think it's one of his uh, specials, Killing Me Softly, whether you think it's uh, the Chappelle show at his best, Pink Chappelle, he would get everybody. Yep. But I think he would get them fairly. And yep. it would be funny. It was such sharp, biting, smart comedy that if you got it, you just happened to get it. It didn't seem like there was some agenda that he was trying to push or some kind of statement, some kind of uh, payback that he was trying to get on somebody. But this feels like that. Now, look, granted, I haven't seen it. But what I've heard about it, and, and this special and a previous one, what I've heard about it and what I've seen from interviews with Chappelle, there's some anger. Yes. Something has made him angry. Yes. And I, I never really felt that before with Chappelle, but I, I'm, I'm getting traces of that right now. I, I can't wait to see it. I'll look at it just to be fair. I'm not going to slam it without seeing it. But uh, this is uh, some commentary you never really heard before with Dave Chappelle, but it's, it's come up uh, a lot in the last two, three years. I think that you can be angry, even as a comedian, you can be angry because that was one of the, in my opinion, George Carlin. I love George Carlin's stand-ups a lot of times because he used anger as a weapon to express himself and tell stories. But there's a difference between anger and cruelty. And I feel like he's towing yeah. the line of being cruel and being just a, going a little too much, going a little too far to a community that has already said, hey, what you've said hurts. What, you can't determine what hurts someone. But once they tell you what you've said hurts yeah. this community in mass, you, you can't say, no, that doesn't hurt you because I didn't mean it. It doesn't matter your intention, especially as a comedian, especially as a communicator, especially someone like Dave Chappelle who speaks with clarity. Dave speaks with a lot of clarity that no word is misplaced. 
no notion is, you know what I'm saying, out of order. He tells you exactly what he thinks, exactly in the way, in the manner that he's going to, going to think it. So if someone is affected negatively by it, it's almost like he's offended that they're offended. And I don't think that's the way that his comedy, at its purest form, is supposed to work. Well, I think, I think it's a good point. When people speak up and say it, now you have a right to say as a comedian, okay, that hurts you. Um, I don't think you've made a compelling case for me to stop, so I won't stop. You can do that. Or you can listen to them. But the reason maybe Dave Chappelle would listen and keep doing what he's doing is because we're going to be there, right? There's so many fans. He has so much goodwill. That's why I put Chappelle's show there in the beginning. He has so much leeway and goodwill. He's got a reservoir of goodwill based on his work in the early 2000s. So even when he's hurting people, like people like me, I'm just gonna be honest. People like me are inclined to make excuses for him. You give him the benefit. You give him the grace. You give him the benefit of the doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. And I wonder if, if will he get to the point? Will he get to the point where that doesn't where that that doesn't continue? And people say, "All right, we're shutting it down." But even if they do, so what? From his perspective, so what? What's he have to lose? He's already. I think this is his what fifth. Fifth Netflix uh, special in the last five or six years. Yep. Chappelle's show wildly successful. I mean, if, if you still, if Dave Chappelle, if you hear the name Dave Chappelle, yep, you gonna show up, right? Look, I bought I bought tickets to a show. You know what I mean? Like me and my friends bought tickets to the show because we wanted to see, and we knew. You know, from the standpoint of the, the sophistication of Dave Chappelle at this point in his career, where it might go. We just didn't know that with given COVID-19 and everything else, if there was going to be a little bit more of a 30,000 foot view of it. it. And it seems like it's such a zoomed in martyr complex that he's taken. And then some, you know, look at it like this. Eddie Murphy before, you know, his last sort of return. Remember, Eddie Murphy had to come out and say, you know what, delirious. I was really tripping. I really hurt people. In Raw, I took aim at people I shouldn't have. I was a young and angry comedian. And not like, oh, I regret it. But he was like, you know what? I shouldn't have said that. And you don't want to take regret into account with comedians. You know what I mean? You, you give them that grace. You give them that space. I think Dave, the greatest thing about Dave is that he's unapologetic. The worst thing about Dave is that he's unapologetic. And he doesn't want to seem yeah, like right. he's kowtowing to a group of yeah. marginalized people who said that, hey, you punched down on us, you hurt us, because I don't think it was generally his intent to punch down because one of the things he's always talked about is people punching down on black people. So he never wanted to believe yeah, right. that he was in a position to operate from a position of privilege, to do except this. he has, yeah. except he did. And he doesn't want to take that self-reflection and turn it backwards and say, you know what? Maybe I need to kick it a different way. I think he tried to humanize it, but with the only thing I'll say, this last thing I'll say about this one, if you're going to punch down, it better be the funniest SHIT you ever said. Because yeah, if, it's not, that's if right. it's not funny, that's if, it's right. not, if it's not rip-roaring funny, right. it's going to hurt. Yeah, if you go punch down, you better connect. You better connect you better in a connect. way. You better hit. It, you, you hit me so hard that I laughed. You hit so hard that we all laughed. We all laughed at it. Uh, let me ask you this before we uh, before we get out of here. 
You know, what, 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 what you paying attention to this weekend? Besides, you know, Dave Chappelle, The Closer, if you're going to watch that, or, you know, any movies, any shows, any sporting events that have, uh, that have gotten your attention this well, weekend, I, I, or that I'll, will get I'll, your attention. Well, I will say this. I'm going to my college homecoming. It's the 100th, uh, 100th anniversary of Eastern Michigan University. I'm actually hanging out at my school's homecoming this weekend. So the Ooh. Deontay Wilder fight. Uh, on Saturday night will be uh, on my agenda. Word. The Michigan-Nebraska game will be on my agenda. I think Oklahoma-Texas is this weekend as well. So it's going to be a few things on the agenda. I'm, I'm going to have a pretty full plate. You know, that's why, I got, that's why I got the fresh cut and everything else. So, you know, I'm going I'm I'm to be all right. I'm going to be all right this weekend. I see it. Okay, now look, uh, homecoming. Is homecoming, that's what it is at Eastern Michigan? Yep, yep, homecoming. Hey, I don't know what happened in Eastern Michigan. I'm just saying, don't don't get too nostalgic this weekend. All right, just like I don't hey, get attached to it, I don't get attached to places, man. I'm just going to show my face. Okay, all right. I just don't get don't get too nostalgic. Don't stay out of trouble. I don't want to be reading about you. Oh no, I don't want to oh, hear no. anything. Yeah, but you know you're right. I love the rivalry, so I'll be paying attention to rivalry games, uh, the Red River Showdown. Oklahoma, Texas. I love it. Yep. Rivalry Giants Dodgers in the playoff. Man, I caked That's up right. big time for the Dodgers yesterday. So they they're gonna have to deliver and win this series because I pretty much anointed them as World Series champions. We'll see what happens. And here's the other thing before we go uh, developing story and I'm sure we'll be talking about this through the weekend and on Monday John Gruden man. Did you see this John Gruden comments? John, John Gruden. Gruden. Yeah, yeah, sent an man. email this is 10 years ago, sent an email in 2011 about Demora Smith, who's really in trouble as NFL uh, Players Association head. Uh, there was a vote for his job. It was not unanimous. It was going to be 14 people voted. If it had been unanimous, his job continues, but it was 7-7. So now there's going to be a vote to see if, uh, if Demora Smith keeps his job. In the meantime, go back. We find this quote from John Gruden who was talking about the lip size of Demora Smith and all of these nasty uh, reconstruction era racial tropes that he's using in 2011. Already the NFL has released a statement saying it's deplorable, uh, it's, it's, rep it's, it's inexcusable, but how inexcusable is it? I, I think this is something that John Gruden said, I, I don't remember saying it, but I'm sorry. We'll see what happens here. I don't think you'll be able to get away with uh, Vinny just and I'm sorry and I don't remember. I think it may be. Uh, I think the story has legs as we should say old school journalism. So are, are we saying when you say inexcusable from the league standpoint, I'm just I'm just asking if it's inexcusable. This is like the Shad Khan Urban Meyer inexcusable or is this the inexcusable that leads to, you know, we're going to rip up that $100 million contract for cause even though the Raiders, you know, the Raiders are where they are right now, are they going to rip up that contract and stand behind it? I don't know if you call for someone's job. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the arbiter of that. But those comments on his face are really, really Terrible. ugly. It, it strikes me of Danny Ferry years ago uh, making uh, African tropes about That's Luol right. Deng. It's just, stuff, it's just stuff you don't yep. do. It's stuff you don't have to say. And, look, the league has spoken. The thing we don't know is the locker room. The locker room determines everything. What yep. will the locker room have to say after the leaders and the whole team 
Here's about these comments from John Gruden. Hey, brother, always good to see you. Great job holding it down today. Enjoy your weekend. Have fun at homecoming, Vinny. Yes, sir. Keep Appreciate it safe it. now. Keep it safe. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.